Welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. The only podcast that's all about self-improvement, confidence, success, women, and being a man without making any apologies for it. What is up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the UMP. I really do appreciate you joining me. And today, we are going to talk about the art of storytelling, how to make women more attracted to you by telling them stories about your life. But not only that, also how to fill in the gaps of those conversations where you run out of things to talk about. You don't know what to do next. You don't know what kind of content to bring into your conversations with girls, both you know in the first conversation as well as subsequent conversations, first date, second date, and beyond. You need to have stories lined up and ready to go. So we're going to do a deep dive into storytelling on this episode. And yes, I have spoken about this before. I did it about a year and a half ago, but I always dictate the kind of podcast episodes I dropped by the questions I get, not only from my clients, but also from listeners like you. And there's been a string of questions from both my clients and listeners about like, how do I tell stories? What kind of things should I talk about? How do I correctly use these stories to communicate high value traits while not bragging at the same time being self-deprecating in a funny way and showing her that I'm an attractive alpha male. So we're going to get into that today. Before I jump into the content, I want to ask you guys again to lace me up with a review. If you find value in my podcast, I very much would appreciate a five-star review, preferably with some writing behind it. And you can email me at coachmarksing at gmail.com and I will send you a bunch of cool shit. In addition to that, my one-on-one free breakthrough session, which has you and I getting on the phone together, talking about your issues with women, talking about how long I think it will realistically take you to get to your desired results with women is still available. And I never do this, but I keep getting reviews. I keep getting people writing in, talking about my three-month coaching program. And I got one today and I was like, dude, why do I never read these on the podcast? These are like so much social proof, proving how effective my three-month coaching program is. So I'm going to read this real quick, and then we'll go ahead and jump into the content. So this is from a client named Eric who just joined the coaching program. What is up, Eric? If you are listening, I really like this email. I literally just got it, and I was like, I'll read that on the podcast. He talked a lot about how he just started doing the first week's assignment. And he's like, furthermore, I approached the super cute girl at the library with zero attachment to an outcome. I was only going to approach and eject, but it turned into a 15-minute conversation. She asked for my number within five minutes. Even when I told her I got to go, she didn't want me to. So this dude just started doing the protocol, just started doing the NLP, and he's already probably because he's pumped up and he's fired up about the program and he had a good state going, but he's already getting girls asking for his phone number. So it's kind of a testament to the efficacy of the program that when you go through it, you know, things start changing to the point where things happen to you with women that have never happened to you before. And he's like, Mark, I cannot make this up. It's literally day one. The sky's the limit at this point. I told you I'm committed to you, this program, and myself, and I continue to follow through with this. So much respect to you, Eric. I'm telling you, brother, it's just going to get better from here if you keep doing the work, which I have no doubt you will. So if you guys want to get on that free one-on-one consultation with me, we can turn you into an Eric as well, where you approach a girl without hesitation when you never could approach her before, and then she asks for your phone number. Yes, this does happen to my clients. So once again, go to my website, coachmarksing.com, click on coaching, fill in the goddamn slap in the biscuit, and you and I will get on that one-on-one coaching call together. All right, so storytelling, and what's the best way 
to start any kind of speech. That's right. The best way to start a speech is with a story. A lot of you guys know that I've done 200 weddings when I lived in Japan. Some of you don't, but I was a wedding announcer. And because I've done so many weddings, all in Japanese, by the way, a lot of my American friends ask me to officiate their wedding. So I've done several weddings here in the United States, and I always start it with a story. The story is always about the bride and the groom, how they met, some kind of funny story of how they fell in love, whatever it may be. But storytelling is extremely effective because it calls upon that part in the human mind that puts you in a mild state of hypnosis, much like watching TV. We as human beings relate to stories. In fact, many tribal communities used to tell stories in order to pass on knowledge. They did it through storytelling. They would tell stories around the campfire. They would pass on their wisdom via stories about some chief years ago. And this is the way humans communicate. So when you're speaking to a woman, sticking with the facts is usually not a good thing to create attraction. Sticking with stories, which more specifically get into her emotions, is the way to create attraction. So I'm gonna tell you guys a couple of stories that I feel you'd be more interested in than perhaps some of the stories I tell women, but I'm gonna review those as well. But these ones are kind of more for like the guys and you guys will think it's pretty cool, hopefully. So as a lot of you know, I was also a bouncer at a bar here in Denver for five years. I worked as a bouncer and I did so for a lot of different reasons, one of which was because I wanted to break up fights, kind of wanted to be in that position where I had to be socially intelligent, use my street smarts, if you will, and then also, you know, get to wrestle a little bit, practice my jujitsu. And believe me, I did that many times. And this story is about one of them. So I was hired out. I worked at that bar and I made a lot of friends and I was contacted by this multimillionaire guy. And he was releasing some product that like some facial cream product. Really, it was just an excuse to throw a party at his place. So he gets this party thrown at his place and he invites all these people and he hires some of us to be bouncers there to kind of be like the security. So as I'm doing the security thing, this guy who's like a member of the party, I don't know who he was or what his deal was. I don't even know how he got in, never learned how, but he kept taking off his shirt. So he takes off his shirt one time and then, you know, I go over there. I'm like, hey brother, like, you know, we're trying to keep this A-list. We're trying to keep this kind of a nice party. Would you mind popping your shirt back on? We just really want to maintain, you know, professionalism here. And he's like, oh, okay, buddy. And he like slaps me on the arm, which a lot of drunk guys will do. You know, when you tell them, hey, bro, could you not do X, Y, Z? They'll oftentimes like hit you really hard in the arm and be like, yeah, bro, no problem. I'll do it. And I'm like, all right, man, go ahead and pop that shirt back on. So he puts it on. And then I'm like mingling with people. I'm talking, I'm watching the crowd. I turn around and dude, the fucking guy's shirt is off again. So I was like, bro, come on. I go over to him. I'm like, come on, man. Like, are you really trying to like take your shirt off again? I just told you literally three minutes ago to put your shirt back on. Please put your shirt back on. This is an exclusive VIP party. Please respect the rules, right, man? He's like, yeah, sure, bud. Sure. And I was like, oh my hell, I fucking hate this guy. I was like, all right, one more time. He's getting tossed out. So I told my friend who was also kind of like the manager, I was like, bro, this guy's taken off his shirt twice. I told him twice and I told him, listen, one more time and you're out. My manager said, yep, sounds good. So sure enough, man, two minutes later, fucking guy pops off his shirt again. He's all dancing. So I go up to him. I'm like, let's go, man. He's like, what? I'm like, let's go. You're out. He's like, why? I'm like, are you seriously asking me why right now? Because I told you three times to put your shirt back on. So you got to go, bro. The owner wants you to go. Let's go. And he's like, no, I'm not going. I'm like, yeah, you are. He's like, no, I'm not. So I get behind him and I start pushing him. 
And then he does this thing, and I've had this happen to me a couple of times for any of you guys who are interested in becoming a bouncer or perhaps are in a situation where you need to throw somebody out. A lot of times when you push somebody from behind, they'll like jump backwards and lead with their head in order to hit you in the face. So sure enough, I'm kind of pushing this guy and boom, he fucking jumps backward with his head and he cracks me, bro, right in the lip. So I get this bloody lip and bro, that was it. I was fucking done. So I get him in what's called in jujitsu a rear naked choke. Okay, so I'm gonna try to explain this to you guys follow along. All right, so take your right hand and put it on your left clavicle. Your clavicle is the place between your shoulder and your neck. Okay, so you put your hand palm down on your clavicle. Then what I want you to do is take your left hand and put it over your mouth. So you put your left hand over your mouth like you're trying not to say something. Then what you do is you drop your hand, your left hand down to where your two wrists are kind of touching, right? So your left arm is over your right arm. And if you look at the little area that's created between your right elbow and the top of your left hand, that's where his neck goes. Okay, so this is called the rear naked choke. It's not exactly like your right hand's on your clavicle. I just did that to explain it. But basically you get your right arm around his neck. Now your elbow should be in line with his nose. And then your other arm goes over your right arm. And what you do is you have your palm facing your mouth because it's harder to get out of it that way. And then if you slide your two elbows together, that's how you close up the rear naked choke. Okay, so he fucking backs into me, boom, hits me in the mouth, whoop, get him in the rear naked choke. And I'm not, I'm not cinching it, but I got him. And I, I kind of like kick his knee out. So he's now leaning back because you, you can flip somebody if they get you in a rear naked choke. So I get him, so he's off balance backwards. I'm like, don't fuck with me, man. And he's trying to get out of it, so I tighten it up. He's trying to get out of it, and I tighten it up, tighten it up. And then I start walking him out towards the door, and I'm pissed, dude. So maybe it was a little bit tighter than it should have been. Got it tight, I'm walking him out, walking him out, walking him out. Boom, he just fucking drops, bro. Like a 150-pound wet sack of potatoes. Boom, just falls on the ground. And he passed out, dude. I choked him out. So he falls on the ground and he's on his back. And I was like, oh shit, I killed this guy. So what you do in jujitsu is when somebody passes out, you grab their legs and you put their legs up in the air so that the blood goes to their head. Do you guys remember in Dumb and Dumber when they kill that guy? He grabs his feet and he's like, out with the bad, in with the good. Out with the bad, in with the good. That's kind of like what I was doing. And he wakes up as if just out of a sleep. And he was super drunk before, super inebriated. But the second he woke up, it's like he was sober. His eyes like cleared up and he stands up. And I'm like, bro, you gotta go. And he's like, okay. And he just walks out the door. So the guy who threw the party, he actually hired a couple cops. And he told the cops to stand out front just to have some presence, you know, in case any bad guys tried to roll in on this mansion party. So the cops come running up and they're like, dude, what happened? And I was like, I don't know, man, he just fell. He fell. He must've been really drunk. He's all right though, he's good. And the guy just left, never heard from him again. And then I looked down at my right arm, kind of where my elbow is and my forearm, and there's fucking drool and slobber all over my arm. Cause obviously, you know, when he passed out, he's just like, he's just like drooling all over me. And I was like, oh my hell. So I run to the bathroom, clean off my arm. And that's the story of me choking out a guy with a rear naked choke. A lot of jujitsu players, know how to do the rear naked choke. We practice it all the time. But how many of you all have actually made a guy pass out? I don't feel necessarily good about it. Although at the time it was funny, but my buddy comes up to me. He's like, bro, you're a badass, bro. And I was like, I, I am? Yeah, I'm a badass like that. And it was kind of funny, but 
you know, reflecting back on it, trust me, I've had karma come back to me many times in the jujitsu studio. I've actually almost passed out once myself from a collar choke. Uh, one time I, I didn't tap out fast enough and I almost started going out. So believe me, I've had the karma come back to me, but while I don't necessarily feel good about it, let's not forget, I asked the dude three times and then he fucking clocked me right in the mouth, bro. I had like a bloody lip. It was all scarred and fucked up for a couple of weeks. So honestly, I kind of feel like he deserved it. And it was kind of a cool story. So I will tell that story sometimes to girls, depending on how the flow is going. But the thing about storytelling is you want to embed high quality alpha male traits without looking like you're bragging. Okay, so that's the basic premise of telling a story is you are basically giving her a biscuit like you give a dog a biscuit and you're embedding those high value traits just like you embed medicine into a dog biscuit. You don't want to make it obvious. You don't want her to know that you're essentially showing her what a kick-ass life you have. And this, by the way, is why I oftentimes make stories slightly self-deprecating. So in that story, there were certain things about like him drooling on me, me getting clocked in the face that kind of seemingly looks low value. But ultimately what was communicated is I can defend myself. You know, I know Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I can choke somebody out if I have to. And by the way, choking somebody out, in my opinion, is the most effective way to neutralize somebody. You just put them unconscious. There's no better way than that. Even some of you guys may have seen on that train, there was this guy like threatening everybody. And then this big guy, they called him the Viking, came up and choked him out from behind. He's passed out and then he put him on the ground and he just put his foot on him. Do you guys ever see that? That was pretty funny. So that's what these stories should communicate. So what I want you guys to do is to go through your life. Now, the best way to do this is to look for pictures, to look for videos, to basically go through your log of all the things that you've been through in your life and pick out these individual stories that make you seem interesting, that make you seem decisive, confident, the protector, the alpha, the guy who has a fun life, the guy who does cool shit, the guy who's charismatic. And that's not only shown in your stories, but how you present them. So the way you speak to women is extremely important. So I want you guys to literally practice these. How do you practice these? Well, you can do them in front of your friends first, do them in front of your dog if you have to, do them in front of the mirror if you want, basically practice them. And I want you guys to have 10, 15, better yet 20 of these types of stories that embed these high quality traits that we wanna communicate to women. Now I did a podcast about self-deprecating humor a couple weeks ago and I listened to that because putting in some self-deprecation, which I do talk about in that podcast, is really good with your stories to show her that you're not trying to brag. I had a client a couple months ago who's a pilot and we talked about how he could construct his own stories about being a pilot. And he was talking to these girls and then he went to the bathroom and he came back and later his friend told him that the girls thought he was too conceited because what he did wrong, and it was my fault as his coach, is we constructed a story where we didn't have enough self-deprecating humor in it. So I always wanna make sure with my clients that we have enough self-deprecating humor in there that it doesn't look like you're bragging, but in essence, you actually are bragging. Okay, another quick story I wanna tell is how I was just working it at the club. I was out with my friends at the club and I was doing really well. And there was this girl that always came that had like a major crush on me and I'd flirt with her, I'd use all the tactics and I would never kiss her. I would never hook up with her. 
In fact, she was trying always to get me to come back to her place. She's like, look, I just want to have sex and that's it. We'll just drop it. I'm not going to expect anything from you. Just three times. She would like always like negotiate. She'd be like, just four times and then it's over. Just five times. That's all. And I'd be like, dude, relax. Like we shouldn't do that because we both come to this bar all the time. I don't want it to get weird. And that, by the way, guys, is something I do in order to not shit where I eat is I say, no, I don't want to hook up with you. You're a club girl. Like, I don't want to shit where I eat because for me, I like flirting with girls and I like getting girls really attracted to me, but not necessarily always hooking up with them. It's just kind of my thing. And also when girls are super attracted to me in the bar, it makes the harder ones even more attracted to me. So I use them as what's called pivots. Now the word use is kind of the wrong connotation because use means you're doing something negative to somebody, but really I felt like I gave her so much value. I made her feel so good so many times that it was a mutually beneficial using type of relationship. So this girl was like super into me. She's actually one of the girls and I've had this happen probably about half a dozen times who I never hooked up with her, never kissed her. The most I ever did with her was touch her hand when I shook it and she fell in love with me despite that. So to make a girl fall in love with you has nothing to do with literally hooking up with them, although that does help. It's just eliciting those emotions. So she's the girl, and I mentioned this before in this podcast, who told me I fucking hate you, but I'm in love with you. That's literally a sentence she would say to me all the time. So that's cool. You know, I would flirt with her and she would always hang out kind of near the dance floor and I would be over there too with my group of girlfriends. So I this one night, I meet this solid nine, bro, like so my type. In my opinion, she was pretty much a 10. Black hair, crystal blue eyes, smoking body, like thin, nice tits, flat tummy, tight ass, thigh gap, perfect legs, just perfect proportions, super soft, like pale skin, just so hot, dude. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can maintain my discipline with this one. So her and I are chatting it up and I'm just getting her super attracted. And then I start dancing with her. And here in Colorado, we do what's called country swing dancing. So I'm dancing with this girl and like kind of getting close and I'm kind of into it. And my friends always call me lascivious on the dance floor because lascivious means sexually lewd or lustful. And so that was my nickname, lascivious. And lascivious was in the house that night, man. So I was like, really, you know, she's like grinding on me. So suddenly I feel this tap on my shoulder and I turn and it's that other girl's friend. I don't remember her name, but she's like this Asian chick and she's like a seven, right? Typical cock block. So she taps me on the shoulder And like a mom scorning her son when the son like eats too many cookies or plays too many video games, she literally points her finger at me and she's like, no, no, Mark, no, don't you do that anymore. No, no. And I'm like, the fuck is happening? You're like, what? Like, literally, are you seriously doing this? And what she was doing is her friend who was in love with me, as I explained, was hurt because I was getting it on like lascivious on the dance floor with this super hot solid nine. And her friend comes over and tries to cock block me. But since the Asian chick wasn't friends with the nine, I was like, dude, beat it. Like, what are you doing? Really? Are you really doing this right now? And I grab the nine's hand and I take her somewhere else on the dance floor. And then later I circle back after I snag the nine's number. And by the way, I did date her after that, but I circle back to the chick who's in love with me. I'm like, yo, you got to control your friend. That was not cool. And she's like, what you were doing was not cool. And I was like, listen, have I ever made a commitment to you? 
do we have anything solid stamped in stone here? And she's like, no. And I'm like, exactly. So please, like, listen, I'm down to flirt with you. We have our little thing going and who knows what's going to happen with it. But when I'm like flirting with another girl, please keep your friends away from me. That was so uncool. And I turned to the Asian chick. I'm like, dude, don't do that. That was so socially unintelligent. She's like, I'm just protecting my friend. I'm like, I understand that. And in a way I can respect that. Just don't go about it in that way or I'm not going to come here anymore. And your friend is going to blame you for it, won't she? And she's like, yeah, I guess. I'm like, exactly. So don't do that again. So that is a story that I'll sometimes tell to girls. Yes, I will. Because it shows that, you know, I'm attractive. I get girls to fall in love with me. But in the instance of telling it to women, I would change it slightly. I told it to you guys in that way just because it was interesting. It was hella funny, man. I always think back to that story. So really the premise here is you want to tell stories that basically hold their interest. Now, a big problem that I see with my coaching clients, and I actually just talked about this on our last group coaching call, is I told them like, boys, a lot of you guys, when you talk and you tell stories and you talk about your successes in the coaching program, it's like I can feel myself falling asleep. You need to be engaging. How do you be engaging? First of all, you need to change your pitch every once in a while. And I try to do this on this podcast. I certainly need more work with it as well. But people who just talk monotone like this and just basically tell the facts and don't even have any pitch change to what they're saying are so ridiculously boring to listen to. I mean, even right there, you're like, oh my God, I can't wait till this idiot gets through that sentence because that was painful. And a lot of you guys who are bad with women are monotone in the wrong way. Listen to how I speak. There's ups and downs, crescendo, decrescendo. I enunciate certain words. And I do this, and I've had practice with this by simply practicing. And you ask, how do you get better? I am monotone, Mark. I don't know what to talk about. I'm horrible at speaking. How do you get better at anything? You do it by practicing it. Even if, just like I said, it's doing it to your dog or to your cat or to a pizza box or to the mirror, whatever, what you have to do is practice telling your stories. Now, the good thing about my advice is you can go back through your pictures, pick out the stories that seem the most interesting. Once again, communicate high value traits like confidence, decisiveness, being a hero to somebody who had a problem, saving a child, saving a pet, donating something, having a girl stalk you. Oh, that's another one. I should have told that one. God damn it. Should have told that one. I'll do that some other time. Girls stalking you, fucking throwing a brick through your window which has happened to me before. I got to tell that story. I'll do it later though. I'll do it later. So you have to be interesting, but at the same time, tell stories that have those high value traits embedded within them. And you guys watch out for the monotone speaking style. You have to crescendo, decrescendo, enunciate certain words, be funny. Make sure you impregnate it with funny things. Like when I was imitating that Asian girl saying, no, don't you do that. No, Marcus, no. You know, girls always laugh about that because I like point my finger and I I make her like really small and like I point to the sky like, no, Mark, bad Mark, because she was a really small chick. Those kinds of little details will make not only her more attracted to you because your funny presentation, but again, it embeds those high quality traits that we want women to know about you. So I want to reiterate though, you have to make sure not to come off like you're bragging. That story I told about the girl falling in love and the, the other girl yelling at me, I change a lot of things about that to make sure that there's some slight self-deprecation. What I usually say is like when she started yelling at me, I kind of started peeing down my leg because it was the exact same way my mom used to yell at me. That'll kind of make girls laugh and it's slightly self-deprecating. 
I won't necessarily say that the black hair with the blue eyes and like the super tight body was exactly my type, but I'll say like she's a model. And that's the thing too, is when I'm telling stories, I'll always talk about my friends and how my friends are models. And oftentimes I won't even say I'm hooking up with them. I'll just be like, yeah, my friend Jessica, she's a model. We're at this place, right? So this guy comes up to her and says this. That's kind of the way you want to embed those high value traits without looking like you're bragging. Because if I have a friend who's a model and some other dude hits on her and eventually stalks her, then what I can do is basically communicate that I have hot friends that are being stalked. What does that say about me? It says that I'm around hot girls, therefore I'm an attractive guy, da, 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 da. So you wanna rely on her deduction skills to conclude for herself that you're a high value guy rather than you outright saying it. All right, lastly, guys, my final point, I would strongly suggest to all of you that you take some public speaking classes. I've talked about this many different times on this podcast and I cannot stress it enough. You don't just wake up one morning being a good storyteller. You don't wake up just being a good communicator. But in my opinion, communicating well, especially when it comes to attracting women is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. So if you are monotone, boring, don't know how to be funny, don't know how to tell stories, I strongly suggest you sign up with Toastmasters or, and this is probably even a better idea, go sign up for a public speaking course at your local community college. Even you guys who are in your mid-20s, already graduated from college, shit, I used to do this up until I was 35. I'd go take fucking classes at the community college. Anybody can enroll, doesn't matter how old you are, and come on, there's tons of hot girls there, tons. College-age girls are so hot, it's like before they get fat, right? So that's a great place to not only get your chops up with communicating, telling stories, but you're also going to meet lots of different women. All right, gentlemen, that's it for me in this episode. I hope it did give you some value. If you found my content to be enjoyable as well as educational, I would very much appreciate that review after you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on. Please email at coachmarksingh at gmail.com and I will lace you up with the conversation sniper, guide to the female orgasm, and three texts to build massive attraction in women. Also, if you wanna sign up with me and get a free one-on-one breakthrough session where you and I bro out like a couple of homies around the campfire, and I tell you straight up, hey man, nobody ever told you this before, but I'm gonna be straight up with you. This is what it's gonna take for you to get better with women, okay? You can do this all on your own, that's fine. Or you can take my three-month coaching program, which is like a black hole shortcut to get you there in quickest, easiest way possible. And if you do that, here's how long it'll take. If you do it alone, here's how long it'll take. No pressure. If it feels right for you, we move forward. If it doesn't, no hard feelings, brother. I just want to meet you guys. So hit me up if you're interested in that at coachmarksing.com. Click on the upper right-hand corner. It's called coaching. Read through that sales page. I did work quite hard on it and I'm going to add even more testimonials to the long string of testimonials already on there. If it feels right to you, click the red button, fill in the goddamn slap in the biscuit and you and I will get on that one-on-one session together. All right, gentlemen, I drop podcasts on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So stay tuned for the next one and I will see you in the next episode.